Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're glad to have you today. We're joined in studio today by Key Kong. Welcome, Key. Hey, hey, what's going on? So those of you who are paying attention to social media, Key is all over the place. I saw you blowing up on the uh, the Ice Force Instagram page. Yeah, that was, was fun. That was all over the, the place. Weekend. Yeah. Where were you guys at for that? We were up in Superior. And so we decided to do a trip up there. I haven't done much with the Instagram takeover, so... Shout out to the Rappler guys. Uh, let me take over that. That was fun. That was wild. I got sunburned. My lips are chapped. I can barely talk right now because of that. Sunburn while and ice so, fishing is always a good time. Yeah, was not ready for that. Yeah. Dude, that's some serious sunburn. I mean, like, you don't realize that you're burning from the bottom up. You burn, like, the underneath your nose and stuff because the sun. <laughs> All the reflections? It. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I was out on the ice on Saturday, too, and I came off and I had raccoon eyes big time. Where yep. where in Superior were you fishing? Uh, I was up in Washburn. Okay. So, yeah, we found some ice out there. Uh, Friday was good. Uh, fishing sucked, but it was good. The weather was nice. I think we only landed one fish. Had a couple of autos go off. Day two, though, that was where the magic happened. Kind of figured out where they were at, and so started to put a smash on them, and then the ice started moving. So, <sighs> well, Superior is kind of an interesting body of water because that ice is not stable. Ever. It's... it's it, People think that ice is pretty safe at points in the year. I don't think Superior, the word safe and ice are part of the same sentence. Yeah, it's one of those very few places where you literally can watch, you know, flat ice as far as the eye can see and then watch those ice eaves build. And it's like the freakiest thing ever. And so you're like, dude, it's getting higher. It's getting higher. Okay, can we get off the lake? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's creepy, man. Yeah, I was up there Saturday, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Did you I, fly up there? Yeah, landed in uh, <clears throat> landed the airplane at uh, Sky Harbor, right oh. on, right on the point there. Nice. Yeah, I didn't want to go. Uh, I had a student. Sorry, well, maybe. Oh, so, you got a student? Yeah. Somebody flew over us. <laughs> so, did yeah. you see people ice fishing out there? Yeah, yeah. There was two people. Well, were you like right off, like like right off of the airport there? No, I was. You were by, closer to Washburn. Yeah, I was south of. I was south of Red Cliffs. Okay. Yeah. So. so. I mean, we we were like literally just in Duluth, so mm, flew, gotcha. over, flew over the lift bridge and all that fun stuff, and yeah, it was quite interesting driving over Duluth and then looking at open water and then going, "We're we going ice fishing." <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's some out there. And how far? Like, how deep were you in? Like, it's crazy deep, right? Yeah, it does get crazy deep. I didn't go too far, so um, it's it's funny. I've you know I've fished at I don't know maybe uh, four or five years now. And it's like, you get out there, it's so massive. You always hear these stories of, oh, you got to go to 70 feet, 120 feet, and all this crazy stuff. And it's so overwhelming. So you get out there and you're like, yeah, I got a good idea where I'm going. You know, on map, you get out there and then you finally see the lake and you're like, oh, man, where do I even start? Where mm -hmm. do these fish even, you know, I've dropped cameras down there and not seen a thing during midday. So that kind of freaks you out. And then, you know, throughout the years, you start to kind of learn and you're like, Maybe they're not as deep as you really think they are. I mean, typically I was, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been doing really well. And, you know, in all honesty, my honey hole is, you know, 15 to 18 feet of water. Really? And it's mind blowing because you never hear anybody talk about it. You know, you always hear these guys who do disappear and they're like, yeah, you got to get out there in 40, 70, 120. And then you're like, yeah, I fished out there quite a bit. I spent a lot of hours jigging that. And it's like, where do you even start jigging? Well, it's like, it's like an abyss. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just, there's so much water. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe it's the West Coast thing. You know, I'm from California, and seeing those you know mountain lakes where it's really deep and stuff, and you're like, you can see so far down and see no fish whatsoever. 
maybe that's the kind of mentality I've got because I get out there and I'm like, I don't know where they are. Mm -hmm. And then you find them in, you know, anywhere from five to 20 feet of water. And so, like I said, 15 seems to be the lucky number for me just about every year, this time of year. Don't really ever get to fish early enough just for the fact that never know if there's ice or not. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of, it's not like there's consistent ice ever. You have no idea when that season is going to start. No, and it, and the funny thing is it's so inconsistent that, you know, you try to plan your trips to go, and you're always on edge, and you're always like, oh, I invested a lot, you know, you're, you're renting things, you're getting ready, and then you're like, man, I hope that ice is stable. Do I take an ATV? Do I take a snowmobile? I mean, there's, you know, a couple of years ago, we, went, we got out there, and it was, what, negative 30? We get out there with snowmobiles, and we get out there, and we're like, okay, it should be good. We get out there, and it's three foot of snow, slush underneath. I mean, it's absolutely just mind-blowing. I mean, that morning was crazy. You know, we, we parked at Red Cliff over at the casino, and uh, one of our ATV didn't start. I mean, uh, snowmobile didn't even start. So we're like, okay, I got to shuttle 10 guys. We only got one left. So we're like, okay, we'll do it one by one. So I got the lucky straw and I sat in the car and I'm like, oh, it's cozy in here. You know, it's early. I watched so many people. There must have been eh, probably 30 guys that came out, sat in that parking lot, watched 15, at least 15 snowmobiles go out. And literally in an hour before I even got my turn to go out, they came back in. <laughs> that's and, not a good feeling. No, that, that is point. not a good sign. And the craziest part was I've never seen, and these are all different groups of guys coming back in. And one snowmobile out of every single group came back broken. And <laughs> I have never in my life seen anything like that. And I'm like, man, it's wicked out there. And I didn't know what it is because I'm just sitting in the car. So I didn't know how bad it was. We get out there and man, there was like two feet of water. It was all slush. I spent four hours. We dropped all the guys off. I made it out there, and then we fished for an hour, and we were going to get off because it was so cold. Coming back, I spent four hours getting those guys back to shore, and we only went out at most two miles, the very most. That's a long time screwing around with yeah, stuff. Yeah, because it's like, dude, I had broken rods. I had broken electronics. I We dragged my otter house sideways for a <laughs> quarter mile. And we knew we dragged it sideways because we're like, if we stop, we're sinking. And then we got to lift this snowmobile again. And it's like, man, this is so wicked. I, I have had trips like that where everything can go wrong, will go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But how was the fishing, though? Didn't see a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we got back and I was like, they're like, well, let's go off the beach. And I'm like, yeah, and the house is warm. <laughs> You know, I'm the fun, cool. funny thing is you remember more about that story than about the fishing half the time, because oh, yeah, that was absolutely. actually the cooler story. Yeah. I'm absolutely. telling you that, Dan. I said the the bigger the adventure, the cooler the story. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. And not I, wrong. That's why, you know, falling in and doing crazy stuff in Canada. and But the payment from Superior has to be amazing for yes. people to be willing to do that. Absolutely. Because it, it sounds horrifying. Yeah, because so like the day before, you know, the big group didn't come up yet. There was only three of us and we get out there and, you know, we run out of Red Cliff. Yeah, it wasn't as bad. It was still powdery snow, a little bit of slush underneath and the weather was at least a little nicer. And, you know, we get out there and we just smash them. And so it's like you go back, you get all new guys who just showed up. They're pumped and, you know, they just 
they drove from the cities. They're all excited. We're giving them this, you know, awesome story of, oh, man, tomorrow we already found the spot. We're just going to absolutely smash it. And then you get out there and it's just a nightmare. And it's like, <laughs> oh, man, get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. It just sucks. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite amazing just how crazy it can be. But the payoff is awesome. It must be. Yeah, and like I said, you know, there's very few places, especially ice fishing, you know, where you can watch these fish literally outspool you, and that drag never, I mean, never stops. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fish are, they're so much more powerful. And so is there a lot of current out there where you're fishing? I mean, do you get in current seams, like you find fish in current seams, or? Depending on where you go, yes and no. Uh, I think there's always current kind of rolling through. Um, you know, there's a place we fished right in front of a creek too. And, um, two years ago, you know, something crazy happened. I went out there probably three, three or four trips and I've never seen anything like it. You go out there and as soon as you get there, the water's clear. It happened, you know, three, four trips in a row, get out there, same spot. It's not really even that close to that river. And the whole entire bay gets cloudy at about eight o'clock. Literally, it was on time. We timed it. And it would stay cloudy the whole entire day. And it would be these big clouds. And so you'd run around, run around, you know, try to find this clearer water. And then all of a sudden, you know, as soon as right before it gets dark, it clears up. And so we're like, okay, first day, we're like, okay, this sucks. You know, the water's running, whatever. You go back again. It's like, same exact thing. So it has to be that current. And it's weird how that current timing is, too, because I've never seen anything like that. You know, where, you know, three o'clock, three or four o'clock hits and the water's gen clear again. And so it was like, man, right on time too. And I'm like, man, this is the weirdest thing I've ever there done. There must be some daylight melt going on yeah, or something. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on. It's now. almost like a freshwater tide. Yeah. And so. Are there tides in Superior? I don't think so. There'd have to be. It's too much. It's too much gravitational pull, right? I don't think they're big enough for tides. It's not even big enough to be salt water. Well, but that doesn't. It doesn't change that, but well, you start looking at some of those storms. I don't know those like, man, those waves. It's got to draw from. I mean, just I'm think to, about. I'm gonna go Google it. Okay, yeah. I mean, because I'm I, saying no tides. You're saying tides. I'm saying tides. I'm saying maybe tides, man. Gotta, I'm going that's no a tide. lot of gravitational pull, and, and that's a lot of water. I mean, that Superior is very deep. It is, but its surface area is not big enough to have tides. I mean, just think about Superior it, having huge. a northwest <laughs> northeast wind. And then you're on Canada side, they've got to be losing some water. <laughs> it's got to be dry. <laughs> it definitely has. Yeah, the storms can be insane. My All right, so we're both right. The headline is, unlike the oceans, the Great Lakes don't have tides. Okay, well, they have teeny tiny tides. The difference of a few centimeters on a twice daily cycle. Hey. So oh. that very well could be. So it could. Come on. Centimeters. Centimeter, hey. Centimeters of waves above the water, but that could be pushing current underneath, though. Yeah, that can change things. A centimeter can be a big deal. <laughs> Trying to, to convince yourself. I'm, I'm more right than you both it says, are. It says You're the not, it's not more right. It, okay, this is scientific. It is A, it has tides, or B, it does not have tides. It's, a, it has tides. It says, but the change is so inconsequential that scientists consider the freshwater bodies non-tidal. But it still can move water underneath, and it can still change the currents and okay. change the visibility. So, so actually, Key's probably right. Maybe it kind of has tides. <laughs> kind of. Teeny tiny tides. We'll call it a draw, even though I was right. One, <laughs> one to one. My kid is obsessed with the Edmund Fitzgerald 
like the, the song, the I song, love that song, the shipwreck. He cannot stop watching YouTube videos about the Edmund Fitzgerald shipwreck. It's so weird. He loves it. That's that's a little strange. You know the weird thing about that? So that ship sunk in like 300 feet of water. And when it sunk, the nose of the ship was on the bottom. And the aft of the ship was above the waterline. Because that ship is like 700 feet long. That's weird. That's crazy. Did it eventually sink completely? Yeah, it broke in half. She gone. She gone. Yep. That's some cool structure. There's <laughs> trout all over that thing. You got waypoints to that? <laughs> there's plenty, there's yeah, plenty of I'm very sure, sure conclusive evidence it. where that is. I've been fishing in an ice castle lately, so let's... Uh, Fishing, That's, you said you've been fishing in an ice castle, but what you mean is you're fishing in a burnt out husk of an ice castle that sunk 30 feet in the ocean, in the, in the lake you fish on. Yes. The fish are in the ice castle, I, I'm not you. In an ice castle, yeah. but in an Eskimo. Yeah, you're not the one in the ice 20, castle. 2800 escape. Let, let's, be, let's be realistic. I found it's probably it. the most expensive fish crib you could make, too. Yeah, it wasn't after it was burnt. They, they just left it on. There was nothing left. It burned everything other than a metal frame, and it sank. And we happened to stumble across it, and it's been a good crappie crib all year. I believe it. Yeah. It'll survive longer than those wood cribs they made. <laughs> I know. It's a high-quality one. I mean, it's steel. It's, yeah. No, it's, it's a steel one. It's an Ice Castle steel. It's got mm. the hitch, and tires were all gone. Yeah, there was nothing left of that thing. It was probably like a meth lab or something. No, it, I, I don't know what happened, but we watched it burn. I mean, it, we didn't, like, I mean, it was across the lake. They're pretty spectacular when they go up. I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry, so I, I digress. So back to Superior. <laughs> so what what do you catch in Superior then? I mean, like in your where you're fishing, because that's kind of the what's the Wisconsin side, right? Yeah, Wisconsin side. And so yeah, no, I don't really get out too deep. You know, um, a little deeper, you'll get you know your lake trout and all that fun stuff. I kind of just go to get a good bite so i'm like i don't care as long as anything bites i really don't care well a trout's kind of a trout right it's not like oh, yeah. oh a, a 10 pound brown trout fights more than a 10 pound lake trout. Gonna no. some, they're, they're, they're gonna offend some trout fishermen yeah watch. they're gonna be like well you're not a purist i'm like no i'm not a purist i, <laughs> yeah. I love catching all trout and yeah. they all fight extremely hard for pound for pound absolutely john have you fished there I've never fished Superior. I can't ice. believe I actually have a fishing experience that the both of you haven't had <laughs> before. I've I've fished exactly where he's where he's talking about, right off of Red Cliff there. One time in my life. I, I wanna go, but I am terrified of falling in Superior. Yeah. I well, mean well. I fell into Ontario. That was bad enough. Superior, I feel like that's a one and done. You don't get out of that I one. I mean a float suit works the same in the hundred feet as it does it in the feet. It, oh it, stop. Here. No, that's no, because Superior has tabletops where you stand on one piece and it flips you over and you go underneath the ice sheet. That's what I'm terrified of. This was a year where it was, I mean, they were driving cars out to Madeline. You know, like the ice roads were open. It was, well, then I could do it, it. Was, it was not uncharted territory. That this we was were like three or four years ago for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When this the ice when caves it was were big. Super, super I don't super think the cold. ice caves were, were there. That Well, they might have been, but it was it was cold, very cold, and... It was the ice was like very thick. It was not concerning. The only thing I was surprised about was how much current there was. Yeah, I was rigged with my. I was not rigged for <laughs> fishing that. I, I had a precision, and I was basically rigged to be fishing, <laughs> walleye. fishing uh, walleye on red. And I was completely taken by surprise on how much current there was going to be. And my line was just basically perpendicular to the ice when it as soon as it went under. So three thousand yards <laughs> later out. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's uh, it, it's you got to fish some heavy stuff too. What's the what's the one? Is it whitefish that you can't you, you don't ever freeze? Is that right? You catch in, in Superior. Whitefish are awesome. There's a lot of those, and so that's why I kind of stay a little shallower than normal. It seems like we seem to see a little bit of everything there. I mean, you'll see your cohos come through. You'll see you know steelheads, absolutely gorgeous, and they're native, yeah. which is kind of cool. And so splake. Yeah, you'll see the splake come. Uh, I actually was sight fishing those by hand uh, last year. On like copper rigs or what? I mean, no, I was just randomly couldn't find any fish. Fish weren't really gone. Went up to shore and drilled. It must have been two feet deep. I could see the sand straight down. And we're, you know, I set up my autos. Auto goes off. Automatic fisherman's thing goes popping. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, turn back, run over, nothing. Drop it back down, walk away. Boom, thing goes back up. No fish. So I'm like, huh, what's going on? Is my thing triggering out? I look down and there's this danky little thing that kind of looks like a trout, kind of looks like a lake trout. Who knows what it was, you know? Yep. Gentler water. And I'm sitting there screaming at my son and I'm like, dude, bring me over just anything. Give me a spoon, <laughs> anything. Brings it over and the thing's got a knot in it. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to drop down my hands. Kind of hang there and just kind of jig that spoon out. And all of a sudden, man, those splakes were in there. And we're like, holy smokes, what's this? And so that was kind of wild. Yeah. I mean, so they're everywhere down mm -hmm. there. Well, I, you, I don't even know what a splake is. It's like a uh, mix between a trout and what? A lake a, trout. A lake trout and a brook, if I'm correct. Uh, let's this, look might it up. Be, this might be a Google thing. <laughs> I got to look it up. I think it's a brook trout and a laker. It's a, yeah, it's a hybrid. Brook trout. Yeah. 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 It's like a tiger muskie. Hey. Get some weird species when nature gets involved once yeah. in a while. I would have just called it a trout. Well, it, it, they're all kind of trout. I mean, steelhead are rainbow trout, but bigger, bigger. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it define <laughs> it, it's something. Steelhead gets classified as they it's go a crossing of a male brook trout and a female lake trout. Boom. Yeah, with a bit, a little bit of berry manilow mixed in. Sure. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> Do you ever go out in the summer? No, I've, I've been I've been wanting to. I hear I always hear good stories. You know, they're throwing jerk baits and all this fun stuff. So. That would be really cool. And I hear the smallie is like amazing out there. So, and they're huge, right? Right out of Superior. Yeah, yeah. right out of Ashland, really? supposedly. There's a lot of well, and at, if you go into is Ashland closer to Madeline Island? No, that's further south. All right. Ashland's as far south as you can get. Yeah. And then and then you go north from there to Bayfield. And then Bayfield's okay. right across from Madeline. My superior knowledge is limited. <laughs> so I know Duluth you, if, and if I know no, no pun intended yeah. for our guests. His <laughs> superior knowledge is inferior. <laughs> <laughs> if you go straight straight uh, east from Duluth, you'll hit Bayfield and then you'll hit Madeline. And then you go south from there and it's Ashland. Gotcha. Yeah, I just learned something new too. I didn't even know Michigan was so close. <laughs> I just learned that like right before this trip because we we're looking at spots to go snowboard, and I'm a snowboarder too. That, that has to be a California thing. I was a skateboarder. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, oh, man, I should, yeah, it kind of all falls together. It's all the same. I mean, my it's kind of like trout. Well, does California have a lot more? Yeah, the, you guys have a lot more trout. Actually, we do have a lot of trout down there. California, Northern California is a big center for trout. Yeah. I have cousins that used to every year mail us a giant trout just randomly in the fall. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, you'd cook it up and it was delicious, but it was very awkward to get a trout in the mail. 
Yeah, I bet. Drip, drip. <laughs> drip. No, it was always aired and on dry ice, but it was... Why is the cat following that package? It was really <laughs> weird, because you, you never know what it was. You open up, you're like, what the hell? It's a trout. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at you know, snowboard ski resorts and stuff, and they're like, go to Indian Head. And I'm like, where's that? They're like, Michigan. I'm like, I'm not driving to Michigan. What's wrong with you? And then I found out, and you know what? And I didn't it's listen in history class at all. Right outside, like, Ironwood? Yeah, because it, like, goes over. Yeah, it's, it's like, not as far as people think. It's, no. It actually swings over, and I was, like, mind blown, and I was like, God, I feel I horrible. bet it's closer to Michigan than it is to Canada. Yeah. yeah. Well, from Mi- Ashland. Michigan is closer to Michigan than Canada? No, no, no. Like, from here. I and that's a scientific yes. fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I think I had. Okay. So I'm looking at the map now, Superior. I am. Ashland is nowhere near where I thought you were talking about. No. I, I was very confused where you guys were talking about. I thought you were talking about right out of Superior. And I was like, I think Superior is pretty far south in the lake. You're thinking Superior Duluth, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. It's no, the only Superior so, we know. There's a bigger thing called Lake Superior. I know, but we were talking about the south side <laughs> of Superior. that giant blue thing on your screen. So I was, uh, I was very off on, on, uh, on where we were. I got you. So Dan always makes a lot of jokes that I get a crap load of text messages throughout my life. My wife just texted me that I have a dead chipmunk on the front step, and my UPS guy had to walk over it while delivering packages. She's like... A box full of trout. <laughs> Like really, I don't <laughs> from know, California, and no one would believe me. But it literally it says the poor UPS guy had to deliver a package over the dead chipmunk on our sidewalk. Good job, Ben. Yep, he didn't pick up the dead chipmunk. No, he put it there. Well, he could have. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> My son's kind of he he likes to mess around with dead animals, so mm. he like throws them in the. My wife hates animals. And we have to trap them because we have so many squirrels and stuff in our neighborhood. Yeah, he'll throw them on the front porch and stuff. Nice. Like a little chipmunk looking at you. So I was right? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Pretty much. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, this part of Superior is totally different. What lures do you use for these trout? Because I know, okay, deep water lake trout use giant tubes and they're Mm -hmm. one ounce. But if you're fishing shallower, using like, Cleos and like stuff like that, like smaller spoons and stuff. You know, like my that. my favorite lure to use out there, if just per jigging, yeah, is a tangler, and it's not really big either. I'm just throwing an eighth ounce tangler. Really, yeah. I'm just surprised that's heavy enough to. Well, well, you but you're you're not fishing that deep. Here's the funny thing: it doesn't matter really how deep I fish out there; they're right underneath the ice. And there's a little secret, so take that. Uh, I will say that I concur with that because I was fishing. Uh, rainbows local here and they were literally their backs were underneath the ice oh yeah so maybe there's something to be said for that doesn't matter how deep your fish they still like to be up there yeah they they and it's one of it the cool thing about a trout is they're one of the few species i think i heard this on a history channel or somewhere so i'm gonna try to quote them but they're one of the few species that will run up that water column they have no problem at all Going from bottom to top, back to bottom, in a heartbeat. Now, and do so, uh, the trout that you catch? Do they burp through the ice like Lakers? I mean, like do Browns and Cohos? They because I know. Okay, Lakers. When didn't you, even know that was a thing. Oh my god, bro. <laughs> okay, when you catch a giant Laker or any Laker through the ice, like I caught one last year, it was like 110 feet. It burps, and you see this giant, like, cartoonish bubble come up through your hole and then you see it burst uh, and it's like oh you know it's a big laker because it it burped 
Oh, so they, that's that. the way their swim bladders work. They can exhale that air, and it creates a giant bubble. Yeah. I didn't know if other trout species actually. Burp. I don't know. Oh, because they're usually crazy, so they're running away from me. So they're never directly underneath the hole. Maybe I know there's a smiling catfish. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Should we take a commercial break? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk to Key more about uh, what else you guys, what else you got going on in the fishing world. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Joe's. Oh, look at this. Oh, this is great. <laughs> nice. Oh, Gordon. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Commercial break. Excuse me. We'll be back in just a moment. My P light came on. Hey everybody, this is Dan from the Iceman coming to talk to our sponsors, Tuned Up Custom Rods. If you're in the market for a new custom rod, check out tunedupcustomrods.com. Now is the time to be planning for your open water needs. Make sure you get your order in soon so you're ready for opening day. Use the code Iceman, that's one word, Iceman, to save 10% off your purchase. And we also still have to talk about Freedom Baits, hand poured quality at affordable price. Use the code ACPF10 for 10% off in your next order and use them for springtime crappies and bluegills. Hey everyone, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us through that commercial break. Key, welcome. Thanks Thank for being you. here Thank still. You. So we were talking off air a little bit about uh, about how you got here to Minnesota. So you said you were from California. I'm all over the place. Yeah, it sounds like it. I was born in St. Paul, born? Minnesota. Wait, you're bo- oh, time out. So you're born in St. Paul, you go to California. Dad was a pastor. Oh. Ah, okay, okay. And a military guy, so that didn't do well for me as a kid. So he was a chaplain <laughs> then, right? So, or was he a military guy and a pastor on the side? Uh, a little bit of both. Oh. And so, yeah, and so it, it, it was an interesting life. Comes back. I'm be, he's a pastor, so we had to move around a bunch. And so I've been around the country a little bit. Sure. It's been fun. How long were you in California? Oh, I had my teens out there. So you kind of grew up. So you out grew there. up. That's like yeah, that's, that's like, like home for you. Yeah, or, that's grown up. Did a lot of fishing out there too. California, so. where? I was in Fresno. Fresno, okay. And so love the place. <clears throat> maybe to retire, but outside of that, that'd be tough. There's no ice yeah, in California. There's no ice. That sounds there. a lot like our conversation with family earlier today. So yeah, he was from. So we have a listener, um, and he grew up in California and then moved back here. Yeah, he said he. Likes California, but he wants to live here. Well, yeah, we have seasons. I don't know if I could get away from, you know, where Monday you have snow, Tuesday you have 65 degrees, Wednesday you have sleet. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> well, that's just the funny part, too. You know, my wife's always asking me, are we going to get out of Minnesota again? <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I really want to. Because for some crazy reason, we're back here again. And it's like, you know, I lived in Missouri for a little bit. Lived in Springfield, lived in Branson and Nixa, and, you know, traveled, looked all over the place, and it's like, man, Minnesota is fun. Four seasons, baby. Yeah. Four seasons in one week or four seasons in a year? Depends on the... It depends Sometimes on the, in one day. Yeah. De- depends on how you look at it. The way I see it, it's either, yeah, it's either one day or you look at two seasons, either really cold or really hot. <laughs> 
Well, Missouri is really hot. It's a different level of hot. Missouri's always hot. It's I've only went down to Missouri like six times in my life, and it's always 112 degrees and a thousand percent humidity. Yeah. You should see when there's like half an inch of snow. Does everyone well, lose their then mind? Everybody lose their mind. <laughs> everybody drives at you know, not even drive. Not it's you, know, you put it down. in gear and everybody's on their brakes. And it's yeah. You know, oh man, does that drive me crazy? Some of the best motorcycle riding in, ever, though, in, this, in the whole country, Missouri, Arca- Northern Arkansas is beautiful. A lot of hills, a lot of twists yep. and turns. I don't know about motorcycle. I'm a scooter guy. All right. Well, scooter, no, I'm just scooter, Scooters are fun, too. <laughs> like a Razor scooter. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I was down there for the eclipse a couple years ago. The big, the great American eclipse. We went down to, down to Minnesota. You went and used our trolling rods down there? Oh, the wait, eclipse trolling are, rods? Yeah. <laughs> hey, when I designed the logo for that, I designed it after the eclipse that I saw. Aren't all eclipses kind of look the same? I've only seen one, John. Oh, okay. But it was his inspiration. It was yeah. his muse. It was my muse. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back to my time. Beautiful area. Cobblestone Resort, yeah. if you ever want to go. Fall colors are amazing there. And so, yeah, because I, I stayed in Branson for a while, and, you know, we had a restaurant down there, and uh, three million people go through that town. Three. During the fall. That's a I'm lot sure. of people. That's it. Oh, that's and, it. And you would, you would know when they'd come because all the you get all of the buses that'll pull up to the restaurant, and you're like, okay, it's fall time. Mm. Every one of them would be What retired. is Branson, Missouri famous for? Is that is Dolly. everything. Dolly no, Gordon. No, it's famous for a lot of stuff. Dolly's not. Nope, Dolly's not Branson. She's uh, in Branson. No, no, the three, three ladies, country gals. Dixie Chicks? Maybe Dolly Parton know. definitely has a Dolly Parton wild show there. I'm pretty mm. sure. No, I she, thought it was the three girls. She's like uh, little, little Forge. The ones who got little Man, Forge. I'm not a big country Arkansas guy. Arkansas or Little Forge. Uh, I'm not saying that she does, she's not in other places, but she definitely has a show there because yeah, we tried sure to go does. to it and it was like $130 a like, person. Yeah. So I, know that there's, I know that there's an actual Yakov Smirnoff yep. uh, theater in Branson, Missouri. Correct. We were going to go to the Dolly Parton experience, but it was it was going to cost our family like nine hundred dollars. It's basically old people Disney World, right? Yeah, it's like old people. <laughs> it's like it old, actually really is. I didn't no, want to say it on here. Yeah, it's like old that's exactly people Wisconsin Dells. Is what that's why like. I said when the buses roll up, <laughs> you know it's fall. Yeah, we went uh, to the Butterfly Museum, which is as exciting as it sounds. The butter the Butterfly Museum. Man, you got to get out more. Hey, um, we were out. <laughs> so. It's it's famous for Wild West style Dolly Parton Dixie Stampede Dinner there you go. attraction, Come on. the Silver Dollar City, yeah. and eighteen hundreds themed amusement park and live. What? Pardon my French. What the hell is an eighteen hundreds themed amusement park? What do they got like? Get pulled, you get pulled behind a horse. Yeah, like oh, exciting. the roller coaster. You get pushed down a hill in Stage a stagecoach rides. Jeez, I'm crushing today. Got the Dolly Parton right. Got the tides right. Come on. Eh, sort of right. Tides, half right. Okay, yeah, that was sort of. Half we, right. we said sort of. <laughs> we agreed call, on sort of. I'm calling victory. Everyone got a half win on that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You're not winning any freedom baits this week. <laughs> Speaking of which. Oh, we're going to give some away. Yeah. What should we do nice. this week? We're going to do a like share, right? Is that what yeah, we're Yeah, like share. We really want to grow this thing. So if you guys are listening and you think that we've earned a, we've earned a listen, share us out. Send it to your buddies. Send it to your people you know. We want to get more people to hear us. We want to get this as big as we can get. Yeah. We, we enjoy, any, we we enjoy the support doing this. we get. Yeah, definitely. Like the page, share the episode. Yeah. Get entered for a drawing for find some Find us on Spotify, Podbean, anywhere you, find, anywhere you find our episodes. And once we move into the new, um, oh, I'm sorry. Once 
once something happens that <laughs> Dan dun, just spilled the beans. Gosh. Okay. We said it two episodes ago, so people have already heard. Yeah, it. but then the move got pushed around. He teased it. He teased, we teased it. it. We we yeah, we tickled it out. Yeah. Hopefully once once we relocate, we're gonna have a nice studio, get some YouTube going. Well have a table that's not made of chipboard. Yeah, this table. Every guest that we come in here, I always feel like we have to apologize for it. If anyone ever saw this table, it has styrofoam on it, so it doesn't make noise. Yeah. It's Dan and I get to, Actually, it does. Dan, I didn't I get, that. Dan and I get to carry the studio over to the desk every, every episode. So. Okay. We're so, living large. We're living so high. So, Key, your real job, you work at Joe's. Yeah. Joe's Sporting Goods. Now, I remember as a little kid, I mean, probably this is one of my first memories. I used to... Burger Brothers was my first Sporting Goods store memory. And then Joe's was the second because I remember buying an X-51 Lowrance. And I don't want to date myself, but that was a long time ago. Was that a, the one that had on paper? No, oh, shush. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a, what, what is like that? Like EKG machine? Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. It measures earthquakes. No, it was the first, it was right after the green box. No. <laughs> um, but I remember going to that store and buying number eight crawdad Rattle and traps. If anyone has any, let me know because I will buy all of them. But uh, they were brown and orange, and I remember like buying cartfuls of them because they were a dollar at the time. That's how old this experience was. But I remember <laughs> Joe Sporting goes was like bigger than life. It was in the old location. I believe it had two stories. It was really a cool place. It's in St. Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, funny backstory. Just you know, since we're talking about you know moving around. I remember, you know, growing up, I remember my dad talking about Joe's, never thinking I'd work there, you know, and my dad's always been like, you know, that's where my dad bought his first gun. Got a 30-30, he still has it actually now. We move and, you know, life goes by, we grow up and all of a sudden, you know, that store became something else and then we're like, okay, found out they had moved locations, you know, and then all of a sudden, now I'm sitting in it, the same store, you know, my dad bought his very, very first gun ever. You know, in the States. And so it was pretty cool. It was 1980, I believe, is when it was. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting in here working in it. And so it's a neat deal. It's a neat backstory to yeah. it, you know. It's a it's a very iconic place in St. Paul. Honestly, that's kind of, I mean, you, you guys are kind of it for sporting goods stores in that area. I don't even know of another one, but you're kind of the iconic place. Yeah, I mean, you know, literally, there was two growing up ass kids here. You know, I was here, you know, up until I was sixth grade or something like that. And it was literally Joe's or Gimp's. And if anybody remember where Gimp's was, you know, it was, they were pretty close to each other. And, you know, now that's something, somebody else had taken over that. And Joe's is still around too. And they've been around. I also learned something new, you know, and Joe's has been around longer than Walmart and Target. I don't even know if you guys really? knew that. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. 1930s. It, what does it say? Oh, 1930. It says right on the sign, doesn't it? Yeah. And so they have been around because I think Walmart and Target's been, what, 1950 or 60, maybe? Something like that. Something weird like that. And so, yeah, we were we were laughing about that. I was talking to Joe himself and uh, third generation Joe. And we were, <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to yeah. say Joe yeah. the third. Yeah. yeah. No, this the, third the other Joes were. Yeah, probably. third generation Joe. And we were, we were kind of laughing about it. And he's like, yeah, wow, yeah, this place has been around for a long time. They've stuck around, you know, just being a family business. Never went corporate, which is kind of cool and pretty unique. Yeah, and the fishing scene in St. Paul is really strong. There's a lot of people yeah. are fishing there. 
So especially now, holy smokes! Especially yes. everybody came out of the woodwork this year and dusted off the old. Well, it's great rods to have a store that's reliable and you can count on right there. Yeah, yeah and we'll, we'll we'll talk about all the people I get to see here too. We should talk about that, man. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing, Tell us. you know. And yeah. so, you know, I know there is a silver lining to this whole COVID thing. This COVID thing sucks. It really does. All of us wearing masks sucks. And I do appreciate everybody coming in wearing their masks, following the guidelines and all that fun stuff. Makes my life a whole lot easier. You know, mm-hmm. and we, we just want everybody safe. But at the same time, I'm sure you guys felt it because tuned up, showed up to Joe's, and that disappeared in not even a week. Yeah, we, we felt it with not being able to produce enough this year. I mean, just we couldn't keep stuff in stock. It started, I mean, customers were getting angry about it. And I'm like, we're doing the best we can. We had a a rough start to the year in March where, you know, production wasn't up to snuff because we were shut down for a little while because we were deemed at the point non-essential and we just had to deal with it. So, cause we weren't really a retailer at that point. Yeah. And I, you know, like I said, you know, I apologize, John, for bugging you all the time. And I was like, come <laughs> on, where's these rods? And you're like, dude, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And literally and then, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm still like wrapping the last yeah, rod. I'm and like, then it shows up and I'm like, you by chance got any backups? <laughs> and you're like, dude, your stuff just showed up. It ain't even hit the shelves yet. I go, but it'll disappear as soon as it hits the shelves. And as I was stalking them, and I was the one who stalked them. Whoa, I, whoa, you did make a mistake, though. You went Facebook Live and, and yeah, announced it. I was that, like, that wasn't even, that was a joke. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was not a joke no. to me because I had customers like, well, why'd you get Joe's rods done before my rod? Like, yeah, well, I, Joe's had their order in six months ago, so... <laughs> I swear they were watching that in the parking lot because that's how fast they showed up. Well, we just told everyone at the shop. I was like, you know what? I got a little inside information. Just go over to Joe's, hang out in the parking lot for two dollars, and the rods will show up. So just beat them up when they get there. Well, that's the funny thing was, you know, our our bull whips right away. We we had quite a few, and literally as I am putting them up, people are like digging in the box that I'm putting them out on. And I'm like, dude, can you at least let me put sensor tags on there? Or otherwise, I got to walk you up. And I'm like, oh, man, dude, this sucks. And we got to the point where I couldn't even work in it anymore. I just took a step back. And I'm like, go ahead. Have at it. <laughs> just take what, yeah, you, take what you salvage need. it. And I'm like, man, this sucks. And so, yeah, at one point I had, you know, I had Sean, you know, one of my guy come by. And I'm like, dude, you need to, like, block some of these customers so I can at least display them. Because they were, like, crowding me. And I'm like, come on. What happened to six feet? <laughs> arms like, life baby it's like black friday yeah and i'm it like was man this black is friday. nuts yeah yeah and so yeah it was it was a funny joke it really was a funny joke because you know it showed up and we're like hey i wonder how fast these would go and you know we're sitting there making beds with no money of course and that's illegal you know? <laughs> and you know we're sitting there kind of laughing and we're like you know i wonder who's gonna come get these we got them Let's put it up. And I, I swear to you, as soon as I was putting them up, and I'm like, man, dude, I got to get these people off my back. I got to at least, you know, they're, they're crowding my space. And I'm like, let me just work for a second. I couldn't even get the rods up, and they're already flying off the shelf. Showed up to work the next day, and literally 70% of them were gone. And this is, you know, within five hours' time. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, this... This is interesting. And then he has the nerve to say, hey, can I get some more? I'm like, oh, good luck. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting season. Um, you know, like I said, COVID sucks. There, there was a silver lining, though. It was really, really cool to see, you know, how many new people are coming in to fish. 
Um, you know, I, I keep cracking this joke everywhere to everybody, you know, when they come in and they're like, Hey, I just want a crappie license. I'm not fishing for walleye. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, yeah, that ain't going to work out. But I can definitely help you out. You know, and we sell them a license and go, yeah, that's not a thing. And so it's really cool to see. And then the funny thing is I, I make fun of this because there were so many people coming into it. And it's not really to make fun of them. It, it was really because I enjoyed watching so many new fishermen coming into this. And then it got to the point where I'm like, man, the lakes are getting filled. I was like, and so it's it's a love and hate kind of a deal. I'm like, man, now the lakes are getting filled. At the same time, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. You well, it's, know? it's good for the sport. I mean, if COVID, everyone agrees COVID sucked. It, it changed people's lives forever. It changed commerce forever. But the silver lining is people put down their phones and put down their tablets. Absolutely. And they said, hey, I, I hit the end of Netflix today. <clears throat> I'm going to go outside and do something. I'm going to dust off my skis. I'm going to go out and grab a fishing rod. I'm going to go buy a license for the first time in 10 years. And a lot of people went out that haven't done anything outside like that for years. And, and maybe ever. There's a lot of newbies and a lot of people that came out. I think that was one of the the best things that could have came out of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that was, like I said, you know, that, that was open water. And then we start entering ice world, you know, and, coolest thing was you know driving here i was thinking about it and i'm like you know i do want to make a shout out just because i had so many come through i wanted to make a big shout out to all the moms out there in the ice industry man did those moms help us out i kid you not there were so many moms that came and they're like i need to buy a nice house i need to buy some combos i need to buy an auger and all this fun stuff and i'm like huh that's new well, they probably want their kids to get out and enjoy that it. That was it. Because they're like, my kids ain't in hockey no more. You know, and the hockey thing shut down. And they're like, we got to keep the kids busy and all the stuff. And they came in uh, loaded. And I'm like, man, this is mind-blowing. And I'm like, okay, I can definitely help you load that cart. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to try to trick you. And they're like, no, I want my kids out there. I want them warm. I want them in the house. I want them with the best auger. I want them, you know, with the nicest rods. And we're sitting there, you know, like I said, that was a big part of that tune-up custom rods where, you know, that was a big deal because, you know, we're sitting there going, okay, this is a custom rod. You can either get a, you know, a more cost-efficient rod combo if he's just getting into it. And they're like, no, I want my kids to have good stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I'll show you some good stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So well, it was amazing. Someone posted, I, I, I had an Instagram post with my daughter fishing for the first time crappie fishing and someone posted and i thought it was actually sarcastic at first until i read it and they were like good job of giving your daughter a 120 dollar combo and i was like well that was kind of a weird thing but then i thought about it i'm like no he wasn't being sarcastic he's saying good job for giving your daughter the best equipment she can have because Absolutely. and she enjoyed it because it was a visual up bite crappie bite and if anyone ever knows if your rod's not sensitive you you can't catch fish. You just don't see and, them. And like your daughter would be fishing with anything else. Well, the, the, yeah, I mean, there is that. There, I mean, it, but it was one of those things that she saw fish. She saw fish swim up, hit the jig, and then lift up a little bit. And she set the hook three times and missed it throughout the night. I mean, it wasn't, she didn't catch anything. She was kind of bummed. But then she saw the fish. She saw potential. And I think that was the biggest thing for her. If we would have just had, 
you know, just a generic combo, she probably wouldn't have been able to see that upbite. And I'm sure those moms are the same way. If their kids don't enjoy it, like everybody goes fishing and hopes to enjoy it. But if you're warm, comfortable, and you can see fish, it's a lot better than if you're cold and freezing your butt off. Yeah, and that that was the coolest part. And the, and the crazy part was it's like, okay, as a salesman, you're like, okay, we probably can't trick them. And I know this is horrible for radio, but, you know, this is this is me being real. You know, there, there's always that deal where it's like, okay, you can do a one and done. But at the same time, it's like, no, they usually return because the lake they're fishing is down the street. So if they're not satisfied or they need to return it, they're coming back and they look and then, you know, they're going to look for me. And so, you know, you start explaining it to them going, hey, this is what you're getting yourself into, though. And they're like, you know what? We're going to do it. And the coolest part was, you know, watching them come back, you know, every other day. And they're like, hey, let me get another one. Because now one of the friends is, you know, one of the hockey team is, you know, hockey team member is not playing, but they're hanging out at my house. We want to get them something nice. And so we're watching them come back all the time, wanting this nice gear. And I'm like, you know what? You guys are going to be rocking if they stick with this. Just imagine all these kids and, you know, three years from now when they do fall in love with it, you know, as hard as we are, cause we're all nuts, you know, and for the ice industry and imagine how good they're going to be. I mean, well, they've got all the best stuff now. Yeah. I mean, look at this year. I mean, how much pan, how many pan optics sold and everything like that. And I saw kids fishing on a pond at my house and the pond is probably, I wouldn't even say it's an acre, just tiny little farm pond, but they were catching perch like crazy. You could see them out there and they're just having a riot. And I'm thinking, that's the future of the sport. That's what I grew up, you know, you'd, you'd fish whatever you could. You'd fish a ditch bank. you fish anything you could possibly get a, get a fish out of. you catch a fish, and you'd really enjoy it. And that's what, like, I guess that's Larry Dahlberg's phases of fishing. So that's the first <laughs> phase. I'm in the third phase, a weird third phase. But, Dan, I remember we used to go and, like, go to, like, the... Coon Rapids Dam. We just catch like a hundred bullheads a piece. The mill yeah, pond. yeah. The mill pond. And, and the mill pond. Just like a hundred bullheads a piece. And it was like the having the time of your life, you know? Yeah, we caught bullheads in our backyard. Yeah. In the oh, pond. Yeah. But that's legit Larry Dahlberg's theory of fishing. Yeah, just the first, catch. The first step is just catching the most Absolutely. amount of fish you can. And then the next step is catching the fish you want. And then the third step is catching the fish you want the way you want it. So isn't it, doesn't one of them catching the biggest? I think Isn't so. That or maybe four. that's from before. What, what do you guys think? You snap your fingers right now. Pandemic's over. We're back to the completely normal life right now. How many people do you think are going to be sticking with it? I'd say 75%. 75%? I, I really think, because once you get, I think fishing is a drug. And yeah. Once you get hooked, it is impossible to shake. Like, I mean, I could tell you the moment I got hooked when I was a kid. And it was a very specific fishing trip and a very specific group of people that I was with. I was on up in Brainerd on Upper Cullen Lake with my uncle and my dad. And I caught back to back an eight pound pike and a 10 pound pike on a emerald colored jig head with a white fuzzy grub on giant minnows. And I remember that so distinctly. I mean, I was probably seven, maybe eight years old, but that was the moment that the that something broke in my brain that said now fishing is 100% what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I think there's a bell curve. I think there's going to be Johns, and then there's going to be quitters, and then there's going to be people in the middle who are... Like me. Who are just, you know, occasional, enjoy the sport, but don't they're not obsessed with it. 
I got you know, once baseball and hockey and football come back, that's going to draw a lot of people back to them. But I don't think that people will give up on fishing now that they've discovered it. I just don't know how fanatic that everyone will be about it. Or I got I got to agree with John. I, mean, I, just, I, mean, I, just, I just think what as long people are as, hooked. Yeah, as long as these people come in and we can get them to have that snapping moment. Because I remember mine, which is funny how you say that. You know, Mine was on Merced River, California. I must have been, I don't know, five, six. I was using a salmon egg, split shot, and a hook. I still remember it so vividly. I caught a sucker. And... You know, just a river sucker brought it in, and that was the first catch I ever did by myself, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Like exactly which rock, how the current ran, which trees we were on. And I still visit that every once in a while, and it still brings back all those memories. And now we're just nut jobs. You know, we're yeah. so obsessed but, with but this. But see, it's that's that one pivotal. And you, I mean, I was young. I mean, I was probably, but you remember it like, I probably could tell you the spot and like the way the trees were and everything. It's like, how do I remember that? I don't remember <laughs> what I had for breakfast, but I'll remember that 20, 30, 30 years ago. Shoot. I don't know my old. wife's phone number. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Mine is number two. <laughs> you just hold two long enough and it will call my wife. <laughs> what was the harder, uh, harder item to keep in stock? Was it the tuned up rods or was it the nine millimeter? Tune up rods disappeared. Yeah. Absolutely disappeared. You know what we should have done was we should have limited the rods like we did the ammo. <laughs> We'd have a standing chance for three <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking three days, maybe. Uh, if we were lucky. And so definitely yeah, an interesting year. Yeah. If, for I, sure. if I was John hearing that story, I would have like the biggest I mean he did, like the biggest gratified smile on my face ever. Just like seeing your product in that kind of demand, just oh, flying yeah. off the shelves. That's gotta be like the. It's gotta be like taking heroin for you. Kind of. I mean, it is. It is a high. It's also a, a palm sweating moment too when you realize how much work it was to make those that sold out in thirty and how much thirty six hours. How much I mean, more you work can all, it is to satisfy but that's, the need. That's the beauty of a custom product that it's not like a mass produced something that can just you know fill thousands and thousands of orders though. Well, and we right? and people always joke. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Oh, you don't touch the rods anymore." I'm like, no, I pretty much touch every rod. I walked in and you were working on a rod. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I was aligning them. That I, that I, was the truth to this, and this is why we're probably going to be on time or maybe a little behind because I did walk in on John working with the rest so, of the guys. Someone's rod is delayed another and, another night, and I was literally laughing because I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm still building a nice rod." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude." How much ice we got left? He's like, nah, I still got to build a nice rod. Well, I mean, people order them. So there's, we always have the people that order early and get them in before the ice. And then you have people that are like, oh, I really need this rod for this trip. And then you have the people like me that you're like, end with the season. You're like, all right, I need these 14 rods because I the, know <laughs> the, these were the rods that I was missing this season. Or I broke this one because um, of stupidity or whatever. But for you listeners out there, if you want a custom ice rod, October is the best time to order. July. <laughs> June. It's not going to be any faster in March. July than it would be in October. No, but in July, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of slow with ice rods. And it's, we'll be busy with open water this and year. And 4th of July week, we usually have some kind of sale because I, I want The worst time to order a custom ice rod is December January. 1st. Yeah. During the ice show online. <laughs> that is like, you can't pick a worse timing 
it's just it, you have too many things going on at that point in time. But this year we've worked really hard to keep the stock rods. Yep. So that's that's helped a ton. And we hit, I mean, I would say 90% of our orders were within four weeks. And then we had that little bit of 10% of orders that were within five. Mm-hmm. We had a lot, we had a lot of, uh, I, I, the Canadian shutdown really hurt Big time. A, a lot of our Canadian orders. Because so many guys, I mean, you go on a trip of a lifetime, you buy a rod to remember it a little bit, and then you buy a rod that's specifically for what you're going for. And Canada shutdown was rough. I know I still have a 40 volt charger up there. So if anyone's listening, you should probably just buy a new one by this point. No, I don't. I John, don't I know, a, I know a pilot that'll land right on the border for you. You just have to cross it. There's an, <laughs> there's an airport that literally crosses the border. I've been, oh. I, I've, I've been into Canada this year during the lockdown, just because there's a airport that lies on the border. Can what would they do if someone showed up on the Canadian side and shuttered loading just your plane? Have, have someone just go set it on, on the side. I'll go, I'll, my I'll land it, charger. jump out, grab it, and go. There is a 100% chance that that's illegal. 100%? Really? Are you serious? Just no customs, no no inspections? What kind of things could people put in a plane? Just setting up? All right, whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab up a brown bag of something over Canada. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw it in the plane, and I'm going to scoot back over to the U.S., that sounds really legit, Dan. All right. Well, maybe I didn't think that through very well, but <laughs> that it, it literally you are yeah, you jeopardize your entire career as a pilot if you did that. We'll, we'll Tom, if you land on that runway and there's something on the side of the runway, just ignore it. All right. Just keep flying. Unless it says it's John's 40 volt charger, <laughs> then just pick it up for me. I could just it's, order a new one. I'm, I'm claiming, I'm claiming ignorance up. on this one. It's yeah. more of the point. It's like I left it up there. I mean the guy that I was with or the family I was with, they lost their charger. So I left mine up there thinking I would go back and then reclaim it the next year as an excuse to get up there. And then the shutdown happened and I haven't been up there since. I think the, I think the border crossings are going to be real busy when they reopen. It's going to be a lot of pent up demand. Well, there's also fish that haven't seen a lure in a year. So everyone in this, in Minnesota is going to go up to Canada. Oh yeah. Everyone. You imagine how big, busy the bookings are going to be. Hopefully, really busy. Yeah, like when we talked to Donovan a couple of weeks ago, you know, his business is hurt big time. Yeah, and he's one of the biggest. He's one of the ones who was able to survive it. Have, Joe's doesn't do any. I mean, international stuff with Canada and like sh- I'm sure you ship to Canada with yeah, online I mean, and stuff uh, like that. We got a really good buddy, you know. That uh, I've been up there quite a few times. You know, Shady Roos. Shout out to those guys. Those guys run an awesome place too. That's yeah. that's really weird because one of my wife's uncles is part owner in Shady Roost. Yeah, so those guys are freaking <laughs> awesome. That's that's a weird coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, he comes in all the time because you know he he works with us quite a bit, and you know we've been working together for I don't know, many many years. And yeah, I ask him every time he comes in, and I'm like, man, dude, how's it going? He's like, oh man, this sucks. Yeah, it, is, it, kill, it, it what absolutely hurts. It killed a, or a whole industry. Um, and I mean, a forestry industry is hurting, all, all that stuff. I mean, the whole border connection is is really hurting. COVID's really, really yeah. hurt that relationship. And I get quite a few customers who come in and they're like, all my ice gear, they're buying new ice gear, which is actually pretty good. But it, it, you really sympathize for them because they're like, yeah, all my stuff's in my cabin. I haven't even seen my cabin. And it's in Canada. And I'm like, oh, man, I've got a buddy. I have a really good friend of mine. You know, he works for me, too, Terry Johnson. 
he hasn't seen this place, and that's the one place I knew what Canada even was. And he hasn't seen this place, you know, since this shutdown. Yeah, so, yeah, it sucks, man. Our one of our shop managers, he he has family in Canada, and he goes to see him about every two months since it's been shut down. He hasn't seen his family, and I'm like, well, that sucks. Because there anyway, I mean, like his grandma's up there. I'm like, what if something happened to her? You just accept it and. My principal at school is Canadian, and she can't go home. Hey, yeah. that's see, that's the messed up thing. Like you, I can drive to Wisconsin, but I can't drive to Canada. What What's the difference? Yeah, it's not like the Canadian border has just some magic thing. Yeah, force field thing. <laughs> Maybe it does. Trudeau. Tom and I can get through. Trudeau can. Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> know, picking up my airport. Can you, can you get through if you're vaccinated now? No, I'm just oh. teasing. I thought you were making an airplane comment there. I was like, I gotta, I gotta step back from that yeah. comment a little bit. There. <laughs> He's checking the FAA regulations oh, right crap. now. He's getting his license pulled right now. It's gonna be weird when we post this episode and there's ten minutes cut out. <laughs> so, Key, how can we find you on social media? What, uh, you what, can. I mean, you, other than just driving to Joe's and. You can drive to Joe's and say hi to me. Absolutely. I'll always say hi to you guys. No, you can definitely check me out. You know, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. You know, that's at uh, King Kong Outdoors. Kind of laughed about that. Was kind of made fun of that, you know, when I was a kid. And then it's like, you know what? This is actually kind of cool. We kind of went with King Kong Outdoors just for the fact that, you know, we kind of do everything, take over everything, have a good time with everything. So we kind of laughed about it. Yeah, I've been a big fan of you for a long time. It's just I didn't. Realize how interconnected we actually were. Yeah, right. Until we started selling rods at Joe's, and you know that was kind of a it was a weird strategic decision because <laughs> we're like we have so many people asking, we just have to have an outlet that gets people so they don't have to drive over here. Yeah, that was absolutely. that was one of our reasons. Yeah, like, absolutely. it's just easier to sell them to you, and then you guys can yeah. distribute them. Yeah. The other place, you know, check me out on Facebook. You know, Key Kong Fishing kind of made it weird and changed between the two social media outlet, but. You know what? I figured, you know, I keep one fishing. My Instagram, I, I love hunting. So that's my, kind of my big deal. And so really? I, do, I didn't yeah, know. So I, what, what kind I, of hunting? I'm a waterfowler at heart. Really? Yeah, die hard. Like, die hard. Jeez. You have a dog? I do. Russell. Russell. Russell is his name. He's a uh, lab or? Yeah, he's a British lab. Uh, check me out out there. You'll see Russell. He's kind of my headliner now and so that's awesome man i take so many pictures of that kid <laughs> such a good boy well we'll make sure to get uh both of your spots tagged yeah absolutely and so yeah dude check me out out there it's 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 kind of fun you know i i just totally enjoy you know i've i've done things in the industry and they're like what do you actually do and i go you know real realistically i feel i sell fishing stuff and i just like to fish and they're like yeah, you, know, you get all these guides, guys who are amazing. You know, you, you get these guys for you know they're great public speakers and all this cool stuff that we kind of look into. And I get to stand next to them, and I'm like, they all kind of look at me, and I'm like, nah, I just like the outdoors <laughs> like a little too much. So it's kind of cool. And so I don't think there's too much. Uh, it, it sometimes gets to a point. So there. I will tell you there's a fine line between liking the outdoors too much and then not ever wanting to come home. So last week, my daughter and I went up early Friday morning, and my wife told us we had to be home Sunday night. Well, we showed up about Monday afternoon at about yeah. 7 p.m. She goes, why were you up there? I'm like, well, the bite was really good. So I had to fish for Sunday night's bite 
and Saturday nights and Friday nights. We tried to hit Monday nights, but she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, well, we would have stayed up till Tuesday, but we both ran out of clothes. <laughs> it was the only reason we left. You had your daughter with you had an excuse. Yeah. That helped. Well, and my daughter also said, I don't really miss you, mom. The fishing's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's, a, that's a rough one. Yeah, that was a proud dad moment at that point. <laughs> Well, Key, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank yeah, you for being I, I here. I totally appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, definitely, though, do like, share, make this big so they can get me back in here. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I want to see this on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> see all the laughter yeah. we're making, all the hand gestures we're actually throwing at each other. <laughs> it is pretty funny. To, it would be funny to watch YouTube. We're going to do it. And it's going to happen if we ever move. Soda pops here. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode.